Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey, folks, uh, thank you for joining us on a Sunday. Uh, I am here with Jackson Hillbrand, and he is the CFO of MB2. And I, I reached out to him because I was trying to fill out this, um, this idle thing. And um, I still was a little bit confused about exactly what I needed to do and which paperwork I needed to fill out. And he was just super helpful. And so I, I, I begged him if, if you wouldn't mind to please, please come on and help you guys out as well. Uh, so I just want to real quick um, give him some, some thanks for being here on a Sunday and, uh, and helping us all out with this. Uh, if you have any questions, by the way, go ahead and drop them in the comments. I'll try to get to them. Uh, but Jackson, tell us a little bit about your, your, your past, why you're qualified to do this and why I reached out to you specifically. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on. Yet another riveting topic for the CPAs to talk about when it comes to filling out <laughs> you guys are uh, economic relief. Yeah, uh, for, for not fun reasons. But uh, my, my background is, is all in finance and accounting. I worked uh, in, in public accounting for a number of years and then most recently in private equity. But I joined uh, Dr. V and team about two and a half years ago um, with MB2. And so we're all encountering this together. And so the last two weeks, I'm sure have been uh, loads of fun for all those involved. So we kind of just watch the unknown. But uh, over the last 48, you know, 72 hours or so, a lot of collaboration, so, so many things uh, that we're waiting on answers for, and I feel like we're getting close. Uh, the bill right. passing on Friday was huge, um, but in the next 15 days or so, I think we'll continue to know more. Absolutely, and uh, I want to be very, very um, pointed about this. This is not a, a commercial for MB2 or anything like that. They didn't ask to be brought on. I actually begged him to come on because uh, I see so much contradicting information and I'm really trying to get you guys the best information possible. So Jackson, you've been working on the idle right now and also the 7A, although we're not going to cover that today um, for the last how many hours straight? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been two or three days straight and, and the idle and the 7A are, are both topics that while all are completely different applications, we'll start to collide here, I think in the next week. Um, right. There should be a joint uh, application coming out, if I'm not mistaken, exactly. I read something about that. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So I'm going to try to be a good host. I'm going to shut the hell up. All your <laughs> Talk to us about what we need to gather, what information. So in regards to, to the idle, it's, it's very straightforward on the SBA site. You can hop on to the, to the link. It'll walk you through the forms that you need. I, th I think what's important to distinguish between the idle and the 7A uh, is the uh, expediency of the first um, $10,000. So once you go through these forms, um, I think it'll be a little more uh, extensive on the paperwork in regards to the idle versus um, what you'll see in the 7A. No one knows yet. Um, and then the online access for the idle is also a difference. I think you'll probably have to be ultimately working uh, directly with lenders um, when we get into the, the 7A piece. But uh, what I've done is I've pulled the forms down. Uh, I've got the links ready to go. And so okay. I don't know if it's best maybe to share screen and just start. Absolutely. Um, I was going to ask about that. And real quick, did you go to benefits.gov or did you go to disasterloan.sba.gov? Because there's really two, the two ways you can get to the portal. Yeah, I went through the SBA side. Okay, fantastic. Good. 
And uh, I am going to go ahead and let you share your screen here. If you'll go down all the way to the bottom, there's a green rectangle. And you'll just click that. And Do you want me to share my entire screen? Is that most helpful? Yeah, let works. me know and see what I got. Perfect now. Okay. Oh, hey, awesome. look, you might want to close that side over there. Now I'm just messing with you, Jackson. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what am I showing? Um, okay, so I've got these forms. I've got them zipped together. I'm happy to share those. These are the four that we'll walk through. Um, those, I've got... Those are all on the website at that address at disasterloans.sba.com. Right? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Yeah, all four you all four you can download. I would recommend downloading them so that when you fill them out, you can save them, not lose your work. Um, this the second page here is just a word doc of just our ongoing um, compiling of, of all the information that you would need. Um, okay. Again, happy to share this information too. This is everything we're talking through right now um, are are just pieces and bits of information that one. Um, in this, I think in this crisis, you found so many people are willing to collaborate. There's so many resources out there. Um, yes, there's there's some conflict of information, but there's a lot of uh, legal legal teams and financial advisors that have got some really good stuff out there. So you should reach out to your own as well, because um, you know don't don't limit it to what I'm talking about today. But these these really get to the point. So this top section tells about what it is and and what the impact is, whether you apply. Uh, after you apply and whether you're approved. And then this section here is what we're gonna start with. So this how to apply, you have SBA site, and then these next three actually navigate you through um, the links, but I'm gonna start with this first one. So sba.gov, as I mentioned, is, is where I started, brings you to this link. Um, and then to no surprise, right here at the top header, I'll take you to the next, you hit learn more. Once you're in the learn more section, you're going to see just um, different descriptions. And, um, you know, we can talk at the end here about this express bridge loan piece, which I think right. is also, you know, unique. And, and I think if you're not careful to read the fine print, uh, you, you may miss some stuff, but uh, we're gonna, that, we're one can't be, that one cannot be rolled into the, into the seven a, the idle can, but mm -hmm. the other one, the bridge loan, the SBA bridge loan cannot, is that correct? That's it's a twenty-five thousand dollar bridge loan, and keep in mind the bridge loan is really it's it's all about you know how quick you get the cash. And so I think if you're sitting there as as a practitioner, sole sole proprietor in your in your company, and you're thinking, man, my cash is is so low, I'm you know I'm freaking out. You know those are the ones you really want to look at closely. Okay. So I'll hit this link. That's Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, which is this uh, number three here, which I'm happy to share. Um, once you get here, there's, there's a blurb about the bridge loans right, right there in the middle of the page. Um, but I'm going to continue to, to go straight to where I want to get to applying. So you have your SBA, Economic Injury Disaster Loan, or affectionately the EIDL. Um, you have your Disaster Assistance blurb pop up here, and I'm going to hit Apply for Assistance. Okay, you're, you're still hitting, um, you know, hitting some links here. I'm gonna hit economic disaster loans, takes you right here, just down to this first section that you see. And then I'm gonna say to apply, click here, and we're finally there. So it's a lot of links. Um, it's not you know as straightforward as it may seem, but it really, you, you get to this page, you know you're in the right spot. And if you get frustrated, come back and watch this video. Let me tell you guys, there is a circle. If you click the right links in the right order, it will continue to bring you in a circle. Ask me how I know. <laughs> 
which is why I call Jackson. So anyway, go on, Dan. So this gives you the, the description about what, what the idol is. Um, the most important piece of it is it is a um, quick $10,000. Um, it is, uh, and that, that's in the form of a grant, but it, it gets you um, comfortable fast with, with that cash. Um, you continue to read through a handful of other items that, you know, even in the event you do not uh, get approved, the, the grant still um, can and should apply. Um, the, you can see the rates, um, 30 years, 3.75, still low, low interest loans, um, which are advantageous. You can't get capital like that. Um, the idle and the 7A are not mutually exclusive. Um, so, you know, keep, keep that in mind, you, you know, you're, when you're applying for one, it's not as the other, you can start to concurrently apply if, if you have uh, the time to do so and the cash in the bank. Now, um, and then finally, the one, go ahead, Chris. I have a question about the idle. Um, so in, in my research, I found that the idle uh, in general will pay you up to a million dollars. It's up to a million dollar loan. Now, what we're hearing right now is because that first $10,000 is going to become a grant, you can still apply for $500,000 or a million dollars under the idle, but the first 10000 of it will be a grant and will come to you within three days of application, of your application being processed. And whenever you do have the ability to apply for the 7A, you will roll the idle into the 7A so that it can be forgiven but only up to the amount the 7A is, it can, can, can cover. And so if you take out too much with the idle, I believe that the idle allows you to take out more than the 7A. Did I read that wrong? Or, or is the 7A big enough to take the idle no matter how much? Yeah, I mean, these are all great points. Your 7A has a very explicit calculation as it stands today. It's the two and a half times your gross, uh, average gross pay um, for the last trailing 12 months, including your benefits. Um, and so contingent on how much your idle loan is yes you are limited on the on the forgiveness side and what you're able to roll in into the 7a so really good points i didn't want anybody to get caught in that and take out more than they'll they're going to be able to be forgiven if they bring mm -hmm. back their employees so thank you jackson yeah yeah these are all important so um those are a handful of the fast facts um the idle does have finite resources in this crisis mode you know you cannot speak for the federal government here but um you know it, it never hurts to get these applications in um, you know, if they, if they run out of money, I can't help but think there, you know, there's more to come. I mean, they've finally got this 3.0 passed. I, there will be a 4.0, but you know, don't think, oh, I'm, you know, two days too late. Get your application in, right. um, and, and let's see what happens. And I'm, I'm hearing that same thing from the lobbyists as well. Um, even if you think there's no more more money left in the um, left in the the safe box, so to speak keep applying because there is more coming or we're pretty certain there is. Yeah. So I'm going to go right back to the, the actual place where you start to uh, apply and I'll scroll all the way down to the bottom first and show you at the end of all this, this drag and drop is where you're, it's pretty straightforward. You, you take your downloaded PDFs, um, which are the applications, um, you drop them in, in this box and, and you click apply. Um, me, me as the finance guy, this is about as far as I get. You as the, as the dentist will be able to hit apply and let me know if you have any sort of issues and then we can sort of, you know, talk through what, you know, what sort of complications go from there. Because uh, I don't know what, uh, what the time frame looks like um, beyond that, you know, for the full loan and, and the actual review. But as you can appreciate, I mean, you know, how many, the influx is just going to be um, crazy in regards yeah. to how many have already been received and, and how many continue to be uploaded. 
Well, we, uh, we've been doing a really great job in dentistry of making sure that we're getting applications and making sure we have all this information out. Because remember, the other small businesses that this is made for, they simply don't have this kind of a support network. So thank you again for helping us with this to make sure that we can get the funds we need to continue business. Because I, I think yeah. dentistry, honestly, is one of the hardest hit, hit um, professions out there simply because of the fact that they've, they've basically taken away everything we do until yeah. this, this emergency is over. Yeah, right. I mean, that, that's well put. I mean, when you think about the, you know, from, you know, all of the emergency only procedures, I mean, you've really taken away the product of dental, um, right? And, and we're sitting here without a known date of, of coming back. It's scary times. And I really do hope this is helpful into bringing some relief um, to those that, that certainly need it. So uh, step one, you download these forms. Uh, the Form 5 is, is the first one to start with. I'll pull up Form 5 here. And I'm just going to double click here. What I talked with Doc about, you know, in regards to looking, you know, looking at these forms, I mean, the number of fields in here, um, you know, are fairly straightforward names, EINs, um, and, and whatnot. But I said, let me, let me scan through and see like what just doesn't, um, you know, make sense. What's not as intuitive, but, um, you, you start with one and you go through what you're uh, actually applying for. So, you know, of course you're, you're, you're going for the item. I'm not going to uh, fill in these forms, but you know, if, if applies, you know, you, you guys know what to do. Um, organization um, most you know most in in the state of Texas which I speak to the most we're, we cover 13 states at MB2 but uh, tend to be the, the professional limited liability companies um, treated as S corps um, you you should know what you are but I'd say that's probably where we land versus being a, a corporation so more than likely partnership um, you go through your applicants legal names um, your EINs your, which is your tax ID uh, your DBA, do business as trade names. It's you know all in here. Things you've probably filled out a million times over that you'd like to have forgotten after you filled out the forms. Well, they're back. Um, so, so mailing Jack addresses, everything in this in this page seems to be pretty straightforward. Jackson, on um, on section number two, there is one thing I wanted you to bring to light. There are very few people, and I know that operate as a DBA only. But if you are a DBA only, there is an additional form to fill out. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not really too familiar. We don't have any DBA onlys across, um, you know, across the, the practices. Um, but, you know, surely here, here, here's the point on that or the way I can answer it is if you fill out these forms, there's going to be four of them. And there's two that you're going to fill out one personally and uh, one as your practice, like as the managing member of your practice. Um, but in the event there's more information needed, they will ask. You're not going to fill these applications out and, and somebody's going to find a nuance on the other side and go, well, you know, this is going away. They will come back and ask you to clarify. So, Jackson, we have a few questions here. Let me see here. Um, what if you have a separate entity with a different EIN for real estate? Should we apply for those loans a second time? I'm thinking you could if it's a different EIN. Um, but obviously, and obviously that would be two separate forms. Uh, Jackson, correct me if I'm wrong on these. I'll just answer them. Uh, I understand you have to, sorry, doc. I think you have to, you know, for each EIN, I don't think there's, right. there's an option. And when you think about it, you're, 
you're completely addressing your real estate side and then you're addressing your operations side in each of those uh, exactly. two separate applications guys. Um, so do you need to send in the form 4506 T at this time? Yes, we'll get to that, but yes. And that's, that's more of a tax tax request form. Correct. Excellent. Now Mauricio said, this guy was a student body of president of TAMU. He knows what's up. <laughs> I uh, love Mauricio and he, He's yeah, a thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> so, and uh, we have, is the applicant's legal name, the business name, um, whatever your legal business name is, is it like, for instance, my PLC is dot Hoff. Um, I'm sorry. Um, Christopher S Huffpower DDS PLLC. That's the legal name. The DBA is winning smiles, family dentistry. So it depends on how you incorporated that, what that legal name is, because when you create an entity, it's a person kind of, does that make sense? Cool. And one other person says they don't believe that the um, idol is, is um, able to be forgiven. That is incorrect. When the PPP or the seven a comes out, you will be allowed to roll the idol into it. And the idol will take up a portion of what you could have that 2.5 times operating cost, whatever it was, what you could have taken that loan out for. The 7A is the forgivable portion, but only if you bring back 100% of your employees. I hope that answers that question. Sorry about that, Jackson. There were a bunch of them piling up. Yeah, keep them, keep them coming. Um, in regards to your key point of contacts, number of employees, business activity, I mean, these, these again, you should be able to get through this form really quick. Keep in mind, the next few forms are the ones that are going to be a little more burdensome in the uh, EIDL versus um, what I think you'll see in the 7A. Right. Uh, let me scroll through. It's really the first two pages are, are actual forms. You know, there's your uh, owner information, the percentage. These all are your, your state documents that you filled out day one, as you mentioned, the name of the, the, name of the entity and the, and the doing business as um, all should be, you know, fairly easy to, uh, fill out on here. Uh, I'm going to keep scrolling down and just show you guys. Once you get to this point, you know, you're, you're, you're free, right? So after, after page two, um, you should be done with this first form five. Any other key points that you want to cover there, doc on, on the form five? No. Um, I think you've got that one. There is one person who's asking, I believe I know the answer and I answered them, but let's see if I'm correct. Um, I am a sole proprietor. Do I only have to fill out the 5C? I believe that's a no. It's in addition to this one because there's a checkbox that says, are you a sole proprietor? And then you have to fill out the 5C in addition. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Fantastic. That's what we understand. That. Mm -hmm. I've been doing a couple okay. of interviews, man. I almost know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> I'm sure you've uh, been inundated with all this as well. Absolutely. Okay, the 4506T request for transcript to tax return is, is exactly what that is. Um, okay. easy, easy fields to fill out and it actually brings your, your tax returns together. Um, I think it's just 18 given that 19 um, would not be done for so many of us. Um, and in, in the event you need 17 as well, it's very simple to obtain. But this, this form um, should take all of five minutes you put in your, um, your social security numbers, your, it's all your own personal information. And then, you know, potentially the one thing I will say here is, you know, you potentially have to do both personal and your entities um, here. Okay. Um, someone is asking, um, can you cover item number 15? 
on the form five? I think so. Okay. Yeah, at this point, um, this is so talking to the seven A real quick. Um, there's a there's a very uh, explicit calculation. You know, it's very straightforward as to what it is and, and what it isn't. Um, this one is where I'm a little more novice level in regards to how large the loan is is going to be. But I mean, you're talking about business interruption here, right? And so you're going to have to be able to quantify um, the the operation loss. In, in regards to to your um, you know to your specific practice, number fifteen, I would put in, in my like in my thoughts um, would be a question mark because right here we we haven't you know it's not like a flood or something you know like you know something terrible like Hurricane Harvey where you had some damage to buildings uh, inventory and, and leasehold improvements. Um, so I, I would keep this at a, at a question mark. In other areas, you're going to want to talk about operational disruption um, and, and losses, of course, due to, you know, not having the, the ability to perform dental. Okay. Let me see here. All right. David Jump asks, when on Form 5, what is a PLLC filing as an S-Corp on Section 2? Um, well, that's an election of an S-Corp as a PLLC, if I'm not mistaken. You can elect, I believe it's once a year as either an S or a C-Corp um, for mm -hmm. tax treatments. Is that that's exactly correct? correct? Okay. Yep, that's uh, exactly right. All right, cool. Go ahead. Right. Uh, schedule of liabilities, 2202 for personal and business liabilities. This, this one right here. Okay, there we go, guys. Hey, what a segue, huh? All right. <laughs> uh, this one is going to be unique to every one of the, the practices. Um, you're, you're listing out your creditors. Um, this is, in, from the reviewer standpoint, you know, outside of seeing what your disruption is, which is obvious, right? everybody knows um, real quick what, why we're applying for these um, IDLE and 7A loans. Um, but this highlights, this is where they're really starting to get down further into, okay, we want to give you the loan. We want to be helpful. We need to know, you know, what your assets are and, and who you owe, right? And so, is that differently if if you have, you know, a large debt payment coming up? If you owe your suppliers, you know, for equipment loans and whatnot, this is that area where you're wanting to sort of document, and it'll help, you know, make the case for, hey, I've got I've got certain things coming due um, that I need to keep current in regards to when when the doors open to my practice. These things cannot be. Um, past due where somebody's going to be knocking on my door um, asking for these payments. So um, your loan proceeds and or like any sort of uh, amounts approved in, in this process, you know, will go obviously to, you know, keep these current and you, you can't just say, great, I got 10,000 bucks, you know, and move on. No, like these are the types of things they fully ex expect you to keep current um, in the event they approve you for these loans. Okay, fantastic. Um, v Ho has a question. She says, for the section six, do we need to fill out what tax form we need or leave it blank? Let's see. So then going back to. And I'm sorry about that. There are, oh, the, there's questions kind gotcha. of coming in hell yep. mill. Um, it, it's going to, I think it's going to be both. I, I would start with your personal. Okay. Uh, I, I reached out to my brother happens to be, be our tax guy. Um, and so he, he anticipates it's going to be both. 
Wait a minute, the CPA has a tax guy? <laughs> Always. All right, Jack. Can't cover it all. We got another question here. It says, which boxes should be checked with a question mark in number one? I have no idea what form she's talking about. Michelle, um, Michelle Ranta, if you wouldn't mind posting again and just saying which form you're looking at. All right, schedule liabilities form is only for business liabilities or personal as well. I believe that's for, for both. Is that correct? Schedule liabilities yep. and personal. So this 202 is your uh, schedule liabilities. I don't know. Oh, maybe on left or right. Maybe he, he said, is it business or personal? Do oh, I would expect this to be business actually. Okay. Because they're asking you to include personal and business liabilities like mortgage on the schedule. So guys, business yeah. only for that one. Yep. I would expect this to be business. And, and again, guys, when you complete this application, uh, as you can tell, it's, it's not intuitive, you know, for somebody I think who's lived and breathed this for the last, you know, three days and trying to, to research these forms. So those questions, they will, they will not trash your, your application. And Jackson, thank you so much for jumping back and forth on this. We have another question about form five. Uh, Michelle Ranta, uh, Dr. Ranta wants to know which boxes should be checked with a question mark in number one. I don't have the form in front of me, so I don't really know what she's talking about there. Yep. And so I, I've got number one, it says, are you applying for? And all you need to check there is, is the idle box. Economic injury um, is the fourth box there. Um, if you scroll through and you look at the ones where it says, if you don't know, have a question mark for, that's really in the amount of estimated loss in box 15. The rest, the rest is factual information that you should have. Um, number of employees, management sense, you know, items like that. All right. Check box 15 with a question mark for estimated loss on form five. Good. That way that they won't keep asking that one question. We can just tell them it's already up there. All right. Um, what's next? I, I'm, I apologize. I feel yeah, like this yeah. is kind of all over the place, man, but you're doing a great job. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it, just keep in mind, guys, it's four forms. You fill them out the best you can, the best of your ability, and we're going to drop them into the application box and, and be done. And then, uh, again, what, what I'll lean on you, Doc, is just to better understand, you know, what the, what the return requests are. But, you know, I imagine they, they're going to vary owner to owner. Uh, last form, and it's, it's the uh, personal financials form. So this is filling out your assets and liabilities, again, to the best of your ability. But these are personal, right? So... <clears throat> they want to make sure that you're not um, sitting on a on a pile of cash and asking for a loan. It's probably what I would say they're they're most looking uh, looking at here. Um, if you don't have if you don't have the knowledge on how to fill this out, you know I would imagine you know whether it's your your CPA, your financial advisor, um, more than likely has this for you. A lot of this I don't I mean even me personally probably only have applicable sections you. Know, know in cash very minimal stock um, you know you have a house with a mortgage things like that um, so don't feel like you, you need to you know have a dollar value for a lot of these it could be zero and, and that's fine uh, but they're they're really just trying to limit those that you know that that have a, a lot of assets that really don't need this idle loan I mean these, these are for those who are in need uh, dr. English uh, Jenny um, from my understanding from my interview yesterday a line of credit will not affect your ability to apply and get either an idle or a 7A. So that should answer your question. 
is that it? <laughs> I think we just have questions now. And, and we feel, yeah, have we looked yeah. at so, um, the six, the, the 60, uh, the 4506T, number six and number, and number nine. Can you review these sections, please? Okay, so number six, transcript requested to enter the tax form number here, um, likely your 1040. So for the for the personal side, it's going to be your 1040. Um, number nine, okay, years requested. Go ahead and, and do two years. Like this is where uh, I don't know that they may just need 2018. 2019 shouldn't, I don't think that that should be one of the requests given that a lot of people would not be done. Uh, but go ahead and put two years in there. Okay. And um, let's see here. What forms are we supposed to submit? Jennifer, if you go back and watch from the beginning, we actually listed all the forms and where you can get them. And we will actually be receiving an email from Jackson and I will post what he says on the email with this wonderful sheet that he's made up for us. And thank you, by the way, for that. Uh, and it should dispel a little bit of the confusion. Yep, so that's it. And I've got the zip, uh, the zip files. Doc, that I'll send your way and you, you can circulate those. These are taken straight from the website. Um, and then going back to what you do once you have completed forms, drag and drop. I mean, right here. And then you're going to click apply. And, and, and then, uh, again, you have a little bit of a waiting game. But I do anticipate the initial 10,000 should be something that would be um, something you hear back from pretty quick. Fantastic. Okay. So, Jackson, any other um CPA lead advice you want to give or anything like that that you want to talk about about during these times I, I know you probably know far more about dentistry than you ever wanted to know whenever you decided to go to school to become a CPA so yeah I had, had no clue this was it this was in my uh, career path but it's you know I still call myself a dental dummy uh, I've learned a heck of a lot even in the last um, three days as we've all kind of encountered this crisis together but um, what I would also in addition to the 7A, in addition to the idle, and those are specific to um, loans that um, you know that people should be considering it and applying for um, where where possible. Don't forget about you know the other things that you should be doing as an individual. Uh, I, I I'm not um, dumb to the fact that this has impacted so many people already at the office level, and so just making sure that your staff also are aware of of the unemployment opportunities of the tax credits that came due um, on on Friday. And so, you know, please be sure that you're circulating that. I don't think it's, it, you know, don't assume that um, any of any of those folks know exactly, you know, what the step-by-step -step process either. So um, there's so many things around the student, uh, student debt treatment um, that you should be looking into. Um, the best piece of advice I could give during this time um, is to extend your cash in any way possible. Um, I think everybody's taking that approach is trying to keep as much close to best. And, and there's really good people out there that are making that possible. So um, first and foremost, unemployment, as you know, that that's, you know, those wages have been inc increased um, uh, through July, I believe, um, to $600 more a week. That's, that's really impactful. Um, and then on the um, tax credit front, up to $75,000 uh, income should have a $1,200 and then head of household or filing jointly um, should get $2,400 immediate tax credits. And, and those are big in this time. So those uh, are first couple of weeks of April. Credits. Credits are good. Okay, guys. Um, so real quick, Jackson, someone asked a question about um, Form 413D. Can you cover that real quick? And... Um, I've got a few more and then I'll let you do a recap 
And then maybe we can talk a little bit about that bridge loan and the benefits and detriments of getting that. Okay, form 13D, um, I only have, so I only have the form 413, let me see if this is in fact D, because this is the personal, uh, so I only have the PFS one, I'm, I'm assuming somebody's talking about a form as it relates to the financials of a business. Apologies, Doc. Let me let me take a look at it and come back to you on that one. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Sonia, yeah. the answer to your question is, if you're an owner and you're an employee, then yes. But if you're, a, so if you're an LLC or PLLC, uh, S Corp, C Corp, then you're an employee. Yes, you can file for unemployment. If, however, you're a sole proprietorship and you don't have any of the legal protections of an LLC, no, you cannot. Um, mm -hmm. Hey, Doc, real, real quick, sorry to interrupt. Um, the 13D is that same PFS form. So just when you, when you go through top to bottom, when you fill it out, you put your name, your home address, um, contact information, um, your business name, an applicant as a borrower. On the left side, you're going to do your assets. On the right side, you're going to do your liabilities. So left side, you're going to put your cash in the bank, your savings accounts, 401k, um, stocks that you would own. Um, real estate that you own outright, cars, I mean, they're asking for it all. Um, so you want to quantify that. You're going to put your source of income. Um, you're going to put salary, uh, investment income, real estate income. And then going back to the liability side, you're going to put accounts payable, your notes payable. So who you owe and what your current, um, current bills look like, whether it's, you know, mortgage, your suppliers, labs and whatnot. Um, your notes to the bank, so your practice loans, you're going to fill that out in, in addition to your auto loans, uh, life insurance, um, unpaid taxes. It's pretty, pretty straightforward on, on that side. Again, you're going to have zeros for a lot of these, but uh, fill out the best way you can. And then you're going to take your assets, plus your liabilities to get your total net worth. And that's how they're probably going to be looking at viability for whether you get approved for, for this idle loan. Okay, fantastic. So Jackson, we have a few more questions to run through. Um, the first one is someone asked, do I need to send them my tax returns for the last two years or do I just need to state it? Um, you're going to, uh, the form, the, the, let's see, it's 4506 or yeah, 4506 is them obtaining your tax returns. Okay. So you don't have to send them yourself? Or do, or are they going to look? Are they going to get that from the IRS, or do you need to send them yourself? Is the question that that request allows them to obtain it? Um, and I'll come back to you if I'm wrong on that. I'll confirm, but that's that's what the form does. Okay. Um, what if we just purchased a practice and opened a new carp in January 2020? So we won't have estimates of the past year. They have just made, um, I believe, last night or the night before, they made an allowance for new practices and new businesses that opened in January of this year. Previously, it asked for one year of business before January. So they'd asked for the business records from then, but they have made an allowance for anyone who opened in January. If you open in February, you're shit out of luck, folks. Sorry about that. All right. So unless, of course, you have some new news that I don't have. Is that nope, what you're right. Okay, cool. Um, let me see here. Someone says, uh, does this include Form 4506T and 413D? We did cover that. Jennifer, if you go back and you watch, um, those two are covered, and when you fill those out are covered. Uh, even if we're denied, we still get the 10K, correct? Yes, that $10,000 will still be a grant no matter what. Can we apply for the $10,000 by itself? 
yes and no. What you do is you apply for the loan. You don't fill out a, a, an amount when you apply for the, the idle. They send you $10,000 and then they send you a, a, um, another form that says, hey, we need to know how much you want. You just say $10,000. Then that first $10,000 of the grant is converted into a grant rather than a loan and you have a loan for nothing. So yes, you can do that, but you do have to fill out the second sheet saying you don't want any money. Um, let me see here. Anything else? Any rules about affiliation or, or any, any information about affiliation rules? That question's come up three times now. I don't know what they mean, but do you? Yeah, I mean, there are, that's where I would seek just some legal counsel on the affiliation and defining of it. Um, there's, there's, that's where you're going to find so many, so many answers on it, but um, somebody more on the legal front will have to answer that. That's where me as the financial nerd, you know, I like to not have to be the ones addressing those questions. Fantastic. Now, this is a question I get a lot, and it's because, and please don't laugh, but I know what it is because I come from a retail, retail background, but most uh, dentists don't know what cost of goods sold is. So if you wouldn't mind, can you, go, can you kind of just go over what cost of goods sold is and um, tell them how to figure it out? Yeah, sure. Cost of goods sold is the best, the best way to explain it is what um, sort of cash outlay is required to perform dental. And so your revenues are obviously your patient income. And um, then what you're going to, to get to a gross profit, you're going to want to determine what it costs to, to actually do that um, dental service. So versus payroll, you have the doctor and then you have your staff, um, the entire you know, staff that was there to keep the doors open and have the patients come through and provide that service. Uh, the second is the big one is supplies. So obviously when you're providing dental services, it's going to come with a supply spent. Uh, sorry, sorry about that, Jackson. My, um, I forgot that if I click on the live, it goes to watching the live. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, so I was saying you got your payroll and after your payroll, you have your supplies, uh, another large line item within your cost of goods sold, and then you have your labs. Um, so those, you know, those three, three items make up your cost of goods sold merchant fees, is lumped in with that and you know, that's really your, your banking and sort of third-party financing charges but your patient revenues your top line you know cash in the door less those three items get you a gross profit um, and then that's you know that's really what what you're talking about when you think of cost of goods sold and then you've got all your operating expenses beyond that to, to get to net income all right guys um, and I know that's not something you guys are used to figuring out but it, it is, believe it or not, how the rest of the world works. It's just something that kind of bypasses dentistry. And it's honestly a very difficult thing to do because, you know, taking out the amount in a carpool of composite that you use for class two filling is kind of, kind of hard. All right, guys, um, let's see here. Um, it says that the loan officer may ask for additional documents and list them. Should we get those together now? Um, I would say give them the least amount of information you possibly have to. Jackson, is that, am I wrong headed there? Just follow, follow the letter of the, of the request. I mean, don't, don't try to over provide because then it'll create more, more questions. So you're exactly right. Just get, give them what they ask for. And, and certainly they'll come and ask uh, for additional information if need be. And um, on form 413D, are we including our practice on our asset side? If so, would it benefit to value the practice lower? 
No, uh, you should just be doing your personal finances on this one. Um, you are going to include, now you being the, the owner of your, of your practice are going to have things like, um, you know, mortgage and, and practice loans and whatnot. But um, I don't know that, you know, for, first and foremost, stepping back, fill that out is honestly and above board as you, as you can. Um, you know, they, they know you're in trying times. It's, this is really um, something that they're going to be able to, um, you know, attest as to the um, accuracy of the information for, for better lack of better words. But um, just again, fill it out the best, best way you can. Um, but, you know, don't, don't try to decipher what, what they're getting at. Um, they really want you um, to just honestly fill out what your assets and liabilities are. And yes, you, you should naturally include your practice loans and other um, obligations that you're going to have over the next months. Fantastic. Okay. Um, if the business has an existing line of credit. Hey guys, if you have an existing line of credit, I'm going to say it again. It does not keep you from getting this loan. It's a totally separate entity. Um, another question. I am a co-owner of multiple practices. Do both co-owners of each corporation need to submit? I'm going to say yes. Uh-huh. You need, you need a minimum need to submit your personal financials, uh, but you can probably stick with one entity, but you're going to put ownership in your first form five anyway. And so that's probably where you can apply together. All right. So where do you go to find out the status? I'm actually guessing he doesn't know that yet. Do you? Yep. You guys let me know. This is where I can't apply. (laughs) He says, I'm afraid it's just going into a black hole when you, when you click submit and it may be man, but if yours is everyone else's too. Um, And once they get that fixed, obviously you'll have to reply. Um, can you explain the gross revenue and cost of goods sold again on EIDL supporting form? Um, guys, cost of goods sold is simply everything that goes into producing a product. If you are, and I'm going to go really obnoxious on this because I want you to understand what all it includes, which means it needs to really be an estimate. If you're doing a class two filling, it includes the assistance time. It includes the $15 to turn around the room. It includes the however many grams of composite that gets stuffed into the filling. It includes the burrs. Um, I don't believe it includes wear and tear and depreciation equipment. I believe that goes into overhead as do lights and other things like that. But that's pretty much everything it includes. Does it include my mask? Yes. Does it include my gallon? Yes. Does it include... I don't know, whatever else. But yes, if you're using it and you only use it to do that one filling and then it's disposed of, that is, this, that, that is part of the cost of goods sold for that product, as is the labor of the people working on it. Is, is that pretty well done? Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, well put. Yep, exactly. So uh, let's see here. No, I'm not going to explain cost of goods sold again. I'm really not. <laughs> Go watch the video. Okay. Um, which form am I talking about right now? Cost of goods sold and gross revenue. Um, I believe, was that the first form we looked at? Was that the 5C or was that the, um, which one was that? That would have been, well, I just moved it out. Trying to see where they're requesting the COGS, if it's in your personal financials or. Oh, let's see. Must be in 202 because I don't see it in form five. Okay. Um, So it's evidently it's in form 202. Uh, Someone here says, hey, man, your cost of goods sold is on your business tax return. 
I was unaware of that because I have Jackson and people like that do my taxes. So, well, not specifically Jackson, but CPAs. Uh, let's see here. And uh, 4506T for both business and personal. I believe that we said yes. that. Oh, oh, yes. Okay, good. My apologies. I thought that was just personal. So I'm glad you asked that. It is, just, it is just personal, but go ahead and, and I would go ahead. This is one of theirs where I would prepare to, to do the, uh, the entity one as well. All right, so cross your T's and dot your I's. Okay, so does the practice rent go into the schedule of liabilities? I would think so, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's any, a section for mortgage. Liability. And so in, in honesty, a lot of us think of our practices as an asset, but if you owe money on your practice, it's a liability. So just, just remember, if you're paying something out, it's a liability. Um, let's see here. If your provider, if you provide your associates 1099s, can they still apply for this loan? I. That's a good question. I don't know the answer yeah. to that. <laughs> uh, I will come back with a with a straight answer. We've we've researched that. Let me come back to you. Okay. Where is the link to all these forms? Um, those are actually on the um, disaster loan SBA thing. We're gonna actually get a document from Jackson. He's, he's actually done all the homework and gone step-by-step step and listed it all out in here. Um, so I will supply all of that to you guys later. Okay. And all right, folks, um, the questions look like they're starting to trickle down and Jackson is here um, on a Sunday. So if you have any further questions, please go ahead and get those knocked out real quick. And um, bum, 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 bum. Kevin Priest, yes, you did understand that correctly. You can get both the idle and the 7A. Let me give you a real quick synopsis and Jackson will, uh, will correct me if I'm wrong here. Okay, so what's gonna happen is you're gonna apply for the idle right now. When you apply for the idle within three days, they will send you $10,000. That $10,000 is part of the idle. Whenever you finish getting the application uh, process, they will send you back another form that will ask how much money you want. You can at that point say, I only want the $10,000, in which case the $10,000 becomes a grant. You can say, I want $100,000 or whatever it is, in which case that becomes a loan at 3.75% minus the $10,000, which stays as a grant. So you owe nothing on that one. Whenever the 7A becomes available, you may petition to roll the EIDL into the 7A, in which case it too becomes forgivable if and only if you keep 100% of your employees. If, however, you don't keep 100% of your employees, you're shut out of luck. When you roll the EIDL into the 7A, it goes up to a 4% interest rate from a 3.75. So you get a 0.25 jump in your interest rate on that one. However, that is what makes it forgivable. Um, so far as the SBA 7A goes, it is limited to, I believe, 2.5 times your operating costs or something like that. Is that correct, Jackson? Is it 2.5 or 2.0? It's 2.5 of your uh, average trailing 12 monthly payroll, including benefits. Okay. So 2.5 times your average trailing 12 monthly payroll, including benefits. If you decide to take out a bigger EIDL than that, that's when you get into trouble because that portion will not be able to be rolled in. And it is possible none of the loan will be able to be rolled in if you take out a bigger loan than the 7A will account for. I hope that covers everything so you guys get it. Jackson, did I misspeak there at all? Yeah, I mean, you don't need me. You got it. No, I, I need you. I, I hate feeling <laughs> Okay, so let's see. Anything else here? 
Uh, is filling out the disaster loan just uploading the two-page application to the site or do you have to call the bank? The 7A is the one you have to call the bank for. You do not have to call the bank for the EIDL. All right, so let's see here. Um, oh, by the way, my hometown bank is processing these loans. I'm getting all the information Monday. I will post everything you need to um, need to have for that. Full disclosure, I own part of that bank, so I will make some money at some point in the nebulous future when they sell. Um, let's see here. Wells Fargo, yes. Um, the problem with bigger banks like Wells Fargo and Chase is they're, it's kind of like turning a battleship. It's a slow process. All right, Form 5, Form 4502. Uh, SBA 2502. Not sure about that one. 2502? 2502, you got 202, which is listing your creditors. You got 413, which is your personal financials, 4506 is your tax, and then Form 5 is your application loan. This person's asking about 2502. You think maybe they, they, they me
I would I would I would fill out all four of these forms and send them in. Yeah, yeah. Get a, in the spirit of of you know not, not to contradict and say don't overshare. Go ahead and do the four forms that they have because they're all downloadable and make sure. If you, you're taxed you as a sole proprietor under an LLC, do you fill out form five or five C? Uh, oh shoot! Uh, I think I hit stop share. Repeat the question again. If you fill out, uh, if you're a sole proprietor, if you're taxed as a sole proprietor but you are an LLC, you fill out form no. five or five C. I, I believe they're just talking about a tax treatment as a, as a, as a pass through. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're a sole proprietor, it is the five C, but if your tax is an LLC, go ahead and do form five and, and mark LLC. Fantastic. Uh, Melissa, yeah, no, I did not say that you cannot fill one out for an S carp. I said that you can't fill it out if you are a sole proprietor that is just a DBA on your name, or at least that's the latest I heard. Jackson, do you have anything that yeah. contradicts that? Nothing to contradict it. I, yeah, I still agree. All right. Um, our office has two companies, a PLLC and an LLC. Why would you do that instead of an S-Corp and a C-Corp? All right. So should we be submitting two applications for one office? Uh, if, okay, if those two entities are for two different doctors, or if one entity is for real estate and or leasehold uh, with your equipment and the other is what you practice under, then absolutely you're losing rental income from one of those businesses and you're losing income from the other business. So yes, you file for both. All right. So where are we posting the document? I'm not going to tell you, Linda. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I'm going to post it here on TBOD and I'm going to make it, you know, in big bold letters that this is what the, the document is for. It won't be under this video though, because Facebook won't allow me to do that. Um, if you message me, I will um, tag you in it. Okay, so I thought that if you're a sole proprietor, you said both apps need to be filled out. Okay, so there's a difference between being a sole proprietor DBA and being a sole proprietor who is an LLC. Jackson, can you explain that? And not, not too much more, except that I, I feel like your form five is, if you're acting as a partnership LLC corp, uh, you want to fill out form five. And then if you're just a true sole proprietor, um, no nuance, you do the five C. Um, this would be a more of a tax related question after that. Okay. The, the nuances are probably better answered by someone in, in, in the tax act. Right. So the, the major difference in what I was saying, and I could be incorrect, but this is the most, the most recent information I have is if you are just a DBA, in other words, you're just practicing under your name. Okay. You've got a business license and you're doing business as, okay? In that case, you are a sole proprietor DBA. If you are a sole proprietor, in other words, you're the only owner, but it's an LLC, those are, that's a different thing. It's a different tax treatment. It's a different liability treatment. I, and I could be talking out of my rear end right now, but that's the way it was explained to me by my lawyer and by my CPA. And Jackson, please, if I'm talking out of my butt, please correct me because I don't want to give anyone the I just opened up 5C as well because you really got to wonder like what what are they asking differently and, and the forms and fields are almost the same. So this just goes back to, you know, I don't feel like these are the times where they're going to put foot on throat. I believe, I believe what he's that. saying is if you're a sole proprietor and you're a DBA, fill it out anyway. But Jackson didn't say that specifically. He just pointed out <laughs> it, it doesn't ask about your entity. So guys, take the chance. Worst case scenario, they come back and say, give me my $10,000 back. Okay. So go ahead and fill it out. And if you do actually get the money and they don't say anything about it, let us know because that'll let me know what I can tell other people. CPOs, CPAs didn't know. Thank you for the clarification. 
No, I'm practicing under an LLC. Okay, good. Excellent, excellent. All right, fantastic. In that case, we gave you the right information. Guys, um, I think that the questions are kind of wrapping up here. Thank you so much for joining us here on a Sunday afternoon. And Jackson, thank you for, for taking time away from your wife and your kids. Um, I, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, you're, you're doing a heck of a service for people here. So thank yeah, you. You bet. So I hope, hope it was helpful and happy to. Fantastic. And now, now you know a secret about me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've never seen him without his hat off. So that was, we started, he's got long hair. There you go. You just told everyone my secret, dude. <laughs> anyway, guys, you have secret. a fantastic day and um, we will talk later. And um, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Bye-bye. Take care. Hey folks, I uh, just want to make a quick correction. Uh, earlier in the live, I made a comment that if you are a DBA without an LLC, S Corp or C Corp, you can't file. Now that was not correct. I did find out that the form 5C will allow you to file as either a homeowner who's unemployed or as a DBA. Uh, and the reason for the mistake was I, I misheard something someone said, I guess. Uh, I just wanted to apologize to you guys for the inaccuracy and to correct that. Have a fantastic day, and I uh, hope the rest of your Sunday goes great. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.